hello, hello. What up? How you doing? How you doing? It's been a minute. It's been a hot, long minute. I haven't been on air for a while, um, but I'm back. And it's going to be more regular these days. And I'm so sorry that I haven't had a chance. But hey, a girl's life has been busy. A girl's life has been super busy. We'll get into that in a minute. But um, before we do, I'm going to introduce my guest in studio. I've got one guest um, and her name is Misa. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi. Okay, hi. so Misa, what do you do? <laughs> um, I am currently the acting content manager of Slicker on Life. Um, outside of that, I think more people know me for my own produced content under the, the name Misa Narrates. Um, narrates, like to tell stories. It's not my surname, but you know, I, I feel like I have to always disclose. Yeah, because like people... Like, I've had hotel bookings under Misa Narrates and no lie. documents to... You that know, you are Miss Narrates. Yeah, and I was like, listen, y'all, I can show you my Twitter if you'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> if you'll accept it. Um, Misa Narrates is my stage name. Um, I am a poet. I'm a writer. I am a... But a film, I'm an editor. I'm an award nominated doc, uh, director. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Get that it, part. girl. That part. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Um, I'm an overall content producer. And right now, I think I've. I don't know. I'm I'm dabbling in PR right now. Um, I'll figure out the rest of that story when it comes to the head. Along, <laughs> as we get along. But yeah, so like I said, a girl's been busy. A girl has, um, I think I last recorded early May. Yeah. Um, and so that's literally what been three months. Yes, it's been three months. Yeah, it's been three months. Um, and I haven't, because like, I should have had like two other episodes in the meantime, but yeah, we are. And the reason why a girl has been busy, girl, a girl bought the plug magazine. So. A girl didn't just say, I'm tired, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> she said, ooh, let me get my coins and purchase the publication. Uh, a girl has got no coins because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and actually, like, the last episode that we recorded, um, like, obviously, I, I, I knew at that stage. Because it didn't um, take a week to do the it purchase. It exactly did not take a week to put, put the purchase through. But um, I was just, and I was hoping that with the last episode, I'd be able to make that announcement. But, like, there was still some paperwork to go through, so um, I hadn't quite made the announcement yet. So, since then, a girl is now the owner of The Plug magazine. So, get it right before you try and say something on Twitter. <laughs> Get it right. So I've been busy, y'all. And it's it's been, you know, I think my last episode with Helen and Mersha is where we made the announcement that I took over editorship of The Plug. That's sweet. Right. So the last episode we did together, we announced that I took over editorship. And then one, two, one, two, I'm owner, you know? I mean, I feel like it happened same time, same time. It almost feels like it, because right? Because at the beginning of the year, it was, or at the end of last year, it was, oh goodness, you're going to be the editor. And for those that don't know, I spent six months writing for the plug before becoming the you know, editor of, of Slicker on Life. And then it was like, oh, I'm leaving Marcia and we already had such a, you know, a great relationship. And then I was like, yeah, but girl, you can't be mad because I'm also going to become an editor as well. <laughs> And then, like six, six, seven, eight months down the line, you become the owner of you know the plug, and yeah, my, and yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot. So like literally, just as just about as soon as I got like I was getting into the groove of like the editorship, right? And I was starting to find my feet, and now suddenly, how? Girl, owner, yes, all these new responsibilities that you have mm. to deal with. So my life has just been a, a series of. Where can we find four hours of sleep? Because, you know, I 
I just come home, I work, I work, I, like I'm just seeing work. The and fact that's that it. you're still nice to people and you're not sleeping, like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm so moody. Everyone in my office also knows, like sumo girls worldwide. But I need to take a nap, guys. Right. <laughs> and also, like you, like, people don't realize the amount of actually veins that you have to cover, right? Yeah. So you got to be out all the time, and not necessarily yeah. that you're partying all the time, but you have to be at industry functions in order to keep your pulse. On the streets, you and know what I'm a, saying? But it's to a know what's happening. Thing, no, but yeah, generally. It's a Joburg thing because when I was writing in Cape Town, I didn't know nobody. Nobody knew what I looked like, and I was very comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I got here and I understood the value of, of somebody seeing, seeing you. your face and, and knowing that this is Misa you know, and that's what Misa does. You know what I'm saying? So I, I couldn't be mad at it, but there was one week, I think it was the week of Major League and it, Major League Gardens. It was like every, before Major League Gardens, Major League Gardens, and then there was something else shortly thereafter. And I just remembered being like, so vexed because I didn't have my weekends to myself anymore. Right. I was like, I'm paying this goddamn rent and I'm never in my house. <laughs> and I was upset. I was mad. I was big mad. But then, you know, like... But you realize the value of the networking. It's valuable. And like, the networking is really what gets you ahead in the industry because mm-hmm. like you, like I'm saying, people put a face to name. People, you, you know, know, know that this is exactly what you do. And they start and, telling you things right, what, and also, ahead of time. And if opportunities come up, then remember, yeah. oh, Misa is that slicker on life so yeah. let me get hold of Misa you, you know, know what I'm saying I mean even somebody like just now so Manu there's a lot of like you know albums and either someone is marketing that it's coming out or it's already dropped so like Manu is dropping next this coming Friday um and I found out about this album, for, about this EP for the first time at Major League Gardens. Right. And before then, it was because Shanghai and I had such a great, great relationship, relationship that I think Manu even felt comfortable being so slack-jawed right. about, you know, the status of his of his project, etc. And it just builds that rapport, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, um, considering that we are both... Um, in the content creation space, we are both editors. We both we basically do almost exactly the same kind of work, right? Mm. And being so, we have to deal with artists on a regular. We have to deal with PR on a regular. Um, and it was a real recent um, frustration, I think, for both of us that um, something that we had to deal with was the entitlement of artists, right? Mm. Especially up-and-coming artists because we established artists have a grip of like what's going on in the industry and how to uh, handle things. Well, somewhat. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to need you to stop right there. You're telling a lie. They well, somewhat. And if they don't personally, they got people who do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> do they? I mean, not to be bitchy about it, but I mean, really? I could tell you a thing or two. <laughs> I could drop a name. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, if you're going to have an attitude about it, at least... Deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, be an artist big enough and worthy enough of that attitude, right? Mm. So, um, the thing is, as editors, as content creators, you constantly get a barrage of emails coming in mm. saying, mm. hi, my name is so-and-so. And let me tell you, some of these people do not even have the decency of a high. I get DMs. I get I'm getting messages. harassed in my in my Bruh. mentions, and it's like, yo, <laughs> who are you talking to? Who, who? You know when you even have to log out of your own account and log back in to make sure that was this tweet for me? Is it me? Is it me that you're At trying to narrate? <laughs> yo, 
Hey, yo, ma, no. Yo, that is like a pet peeve. Like, and I appreciate, like, just the, you don't have to kiss my ass. Just have decent, like, basic decency with regards to greeting and manners. Listen, the English handbook, the yellow and red, still part of the English curriculum in this country. I'm I'm, going to give you this for free. (laughs) It costs less than, like, 200 bucks at CNA. Go get that Adam, okay? And then see how you send a mail or how you send a letter. And, like, don't get me wrong. I send people, I tweet people live on the TL when I want something. If you can't get hold of them, right? And it's dear so-and-so, comma, next thingy. I'm looking for you for X, Y, and Z. Yours truly Misa narrates, comma, content manager at Slicker on Life. Right. And that and everything gets answered immediately. Right, because then A, you've got A it's public and they need me. They need because if by the time I'm getting around to you, you need me to be reaching out. Right. And then C, like, I didn't come at you left. I didn't say, answer your goddamn phone. Oh. No, 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 no. I said, hey, baby, I need this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, can you give it to me and call and it a day? And you just in a decent way. You know what I'm saying? Don't yo me. Don't be like, what up? Um, I'm dope. Here's my shit. Don't. Like, like just, who are you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, so you dope? Great. There's so many. So is so and so. 12,000 other dope artists in South Africa. What makes you think that I'm going to be forced to listen to your shit just because you're like, yo, I'm dope. And on top of that, like, I, I've been stressing this, I think, over the past two to three weeks. There are three to five hyper-visible hip-hop media publications. Okay? Hyper-visible. Meaning that they've got the numbers and the reach to potentially break an artist or... or I shouldn't say break, to introduce an artist to digital spaces. Right. Because let's be honest, in South Africa, mainstream is still, you know, mainstream is still king. Radio right. and television right. are still king. Like, let's not beat around the bush, call a spade a spade. Right. So if there are three to five, I can, t- I can tell you for free, most of these publications do not have more than three to five writers. There aren't enough hours in a day in a to day. listen to, to all of your work. single submission. And then to write about each and every... Um, each and every drop. There's no way. Right. And you being entitled and talking to me at the left side of your neck is not going to get you nothing but a lip from me. So let me let me get into like why we're talking about this and what got us both heated recently. Um, <clears throat> so even as editor, I would get, you know, emails from time to time or whatever, right? But ever since I took over ownership of the plug um, and I see like the full um, detail of the mailbox, you know, and the actual info at the plugmag.com address and, and the way people just come at you crazy, right? Please, guys, there is a way. The, first of all, this is your career, right? Um, you have to take charge of your career on mm. your own. It's mm. your career. I cannot facilitate your career for you, right? But I can only comment on your existing <laughs> career. But there was a day that I tweeted just out of sheer frustration sometimes because even when we do get press releases, some of the press releases that we have that we get don't have everything that we require in order to put up a poster on the site. So just out of sheer like, wow, I wish people knew what a press release should entail, you know, in South and Africa. The functionality. Right. What's the of function a of a press release in South Africa? And some 20 followers, Lothay, <laughs> decided to come and measure left. Like, so some, there was one guy who responded, but he responded relatively respectfully. Ice right? easy. 
I can't remember. It was Ice Easy. I know him. He responded relatively respectfully. Um, and then some other young and like 20 followers <laughs> with no home training. <laughs> That's who he was. So, And he got back after, and he responded to that guy. But I could still see because I'm still, like, tagged You're still in, in the, the tweet, tweet, right? And basically started tweeting out the side of his neck. So, generally speaking, if you come, like, a lot of the time, if you come at me, I don't know you, I'm going to ignore you, right? Mm. Or I'm going to give you a swift block. Maybe a day or two later, I'll unblock you or whatever because I don't need to see your bullshit. Mm. Um... So, and, and he starts feeding out the side of the neck, like, yo, I've been sending press releases, I've been sending press releases, but these people... Oh, I've been in the... End. No, Ice Easy was the one who was like, I've been sending press releases, and he was respectful. Bless your heart, like, sweetie. I've I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Bless, bless your heart. Oh, boy, la boy was like, you know, I've been in the game, da-da-da-da-da. And as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, have you been in the game as an active participant or, like, as a lackey? Because there's a difference. <laughs> There's a, you know, gentle tell you I've been in the game, and it's like you've been in the posse. Sure, you haven't been in the game. You're not the sure. actor in the game. Sure, and also you, the nerve of you to come at me with an account with no um, avatar, no profile picture, no actual real name, so I can easily readily identify who this person is, right? Mm. Um, but basically, yo, I've been sending press releases. These these guys in media, they only put on like the people that they want to. Um, you either have to know them. Or you have to pay them. You have to pay them. And I, I got was, that email recently. Boy, if you, you, there's no payola here. They, I have never in my life accepted payment for writing a story. I've mm. never. You know what I'm saying? For I've putting an gifts, artist on. But I haven't accepted. Like the gift was a thank. Oh my god! Like you did this for me. Wow. Right. And not a I. I take care of you here if and, you. You and know. And even with the concepts of a gift itself, like the press drops, mm. right? And a press drop might include a T-shirt. It might include a you. It might include some. Thing that somebody Marketing might you as a gift. It's not necessarily a gift. It's mm. a press drop. Anyway, these two go back and forth in my mentions. In like at some stage, I got I jumped into it and I told him his worth. And then I left it because I'm like I've said my piece. I'm done with you. I blocked him and I moved on. But then it sparked a conversation with a lot of the other um, people on Twitter who are in the writing community, who are journalists, who are music journalists as well, and mm. and people you know like started speaking about it. Because basically, as soon as I blocked him, he puts out a PSA. No, he says he says he uh, has to come here because this, <laughs> this is where you fucked up. So he says, here's a press release at Mersha, you know, is not here for the kids. And he posts the screenshots of their engagements. Here's where he messed up. He tweets it and then he follows up his tweet tagging every single every person in Hip hop media, and where he made number one mistake, he tagged at Misa Narrates. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Misa Narrates, I'm coming for you. Da, da, da. And I looked at it and I was like, I bet. And what my whole response was is that, dude, first of all, Mersh is right. A press release is to alert people of news. It is their prerogative whether or not to pursue the story. Exactly. In the same way, I can't tell you what to make in the studio. That's not my place. I can only comment once you've delivered whatever you've made in the studio. Right. And say, oh, you know, I could have done it. Uh, you know, lyrically, it was... I can comment then. That's my role. That's my job. Then he tries to go back and forth with me. And I was like, listen, I have time, English, and data for this conversation. Like, you're going to learn today, baby. And... 
You but know, basically, the gist of it is mm. a press release does not guarantee you coverage. Coverage at all. A press release is to let press know, hey, this is happening. This is in the what's world. happening in the world. I, you know, here's some some evidence attached to it in the form of pictures. Maybe if you need to put on your side, in the form of a link to where you can listen to this stuff, in the form of an artist bio. Here's what you need to know. Do with it what you will. I am not forced. To, mm. to actually take all of that information and put a post up on a, about, uh, on my side simply because you had the, the chutzpah to send me an email. Mm. That's not how a press release works, right? Anybody can tell what they move with when, when it comes to sending an email. Right. Like, anybody. And so then, why must I respond? And then the goal to say that we don't get back to you guys with feedback. Yeah, no, that sent me that off as well. sent me. Because I was like, and, and he's like, also, if you don't know, like, we don't let them know how a press release should be put together. We don't let them w- know w- if your music is good enough. Dot Google.com. Dot Google.com. That's, that's your first bit. Your second bit is, if you want to know what the quality of your music is, personally, I'm a writer. That's what I do. You know, that's the I, I write within a certain scope, you know, within within entertainment and hip hop and, and, and music. But my professional capabilities lean towards writing. There are other professionals who have the capacity to let you know what is wrong with your music. If it's good, if it's not. If that a person problem. is called a producer. Right. And not a composer, not the person who necessarily made the beat. A producer, a producer in the truest sense of the word. Right. As in, they can get the beat together, get your lyrics together, get the featuring artists together, guide you in the studio, etc. Not your composer, your producer. And a producer will give you feedback on the quality of your music, right? Thirdly, there is such a thing called management, right? <laughs> <laughs> management is to guide a lot of the processes around your artistry and make sure that you come correct where you are ill-equipped. Mm. Um, I understand as an up-and-coming artist, you might not necessarily have the finances or the ability to procure the services of a manager. But you got friends. You got friends studying become. You've got friends studying PR, you've got like you've got friends. Right. I don't actually want to accept that excuse of you can't afford it. And it was like, yeah, cool, you can't afford it. But when all of you and your little friends want to figure out how you're getting to the club, magically the Airbnb is paid. So bring together y'all's skills and just ask a friend, like, dude. So this is the thing: if you can't network up, network across. across. Word to Issa Ray. Word to Issa Ray. Use your skill set. Use the network that you have. Start where you are. Do what you can. And honestly, like this whole chat about wanting to get feedback, I don't know about you, but with regards to like educational tips, I have been steadily and quietly publishing them for years. For years on in terms of like where to go for this type of information how to execute this type of campaign how to monetize this or how to do that follow the correct people like if you're following meme accounts of course you're not going to learn on twitter of course like follow so as a writer there's me there's mersha there's sabelo the and like just those three alone are very outspoken about right. what you can and cannot do to 
improve yourself. Right. And also www.google.com. Google girl. Like, Google has textbooks. helped me out so much in my lifetime. There are textbooks on artist management. So even if you don't have a manager, you can learn how to manage yourself right. and learn the skills that you should be looking for in a manager as well. You know, it doesn't have to be, I am not your teacher. You're not paying me. Right. If you if you were paying me my consultation fee, then I can talk to you about your failings. Also, if you have to actually, there are people in the industry who are willing to guide people. And if you had to go about it in the correct Yo. manner and speak to a person in the correct way and say, I understand that you're busy and this is not necessarily your job, but I'm looking for A, B, C, D, E. Mm. If you have any information about where I can find that, if you could be, please be so kind to pass me along. I would, you know, I would appreciate that. Yeah. There are plenty of people in the industry who don't mind helping youngins, who don't mind helping up and coming musicians. But A, fix your fucking attitude first. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're not entitled to my time. Like you're I not entitled you to my pen. You come to me and you ask me nicely and I would be more than happy, more than helpful um, and point you in the direction that I can, but also understand that I can't do the work for you. And not just that, I'm allowed to decline. Exactly. Like that's, so right now I'm in this, well not awkward space, but I'm in a transitionary space. Right. So I've, you know, recently excused myself from my role at Slicker on Life and August will be my last month. So now, you know, back before I was at Slicker on Life, back before I wrote for The Plug, I like setting up people's websites. I was a history major. So for me, history and, and archival archival work and archival material, it, it makes sense, but it needs to live somewhere digitally. Because, right. you know, I came up with websites and, and, and things of that nature. So build, helping people set up their websites and populate them and rolling out content, like that's the stuff that I really like. And obviously speaking, I've been working in this space now for about eight months. So meeting other artists who are interested in doing that and then assisting them with that. That's kind of what I've done for the past, I'd say, three years. Mm -hmm. I have clients that pay me. I'm allowed to not want to sit down and literally strategize because while you think that it's coming off the cuff or whatever or that you haven't asked me to do the actual work, the capacity and the time and the thought that I put into every person that I sit with. So now you've asked me to take a look at your stuff and I'm making lists and lists and lists, even though you didn't ask this of me, mm -hmm. but it just naturally comes. Right. So now I'm thinking about, okay, you need this, that, and the third, you need to do this, you need to execute like this, and you need to move your production dates out like this, and you need to have a conversation with so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. This is the press that you should talk to. This is a guy at each place. It's... I'm allowed to decline. Because you have paying clients who compensate you for that mental work, mm. right? And the physical work and the time that it takes mm. to do that, right? So if you are taking away from paying clients in order to service a request from somebody who just is seeking help, you are allowed to decline because you have paying clients who demand that capacity you know, from you, right? I promise them and they're paying for that service. So who am I to be like, oh, no, let me help little homie out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. No, you know, and even when I do help people out, like there are people who know who they are. And it's usually I mean, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but it's usually photographers. It just so happens that way um, where it's like I'll send you tickets and you'll be able to cover this event and give you advice on who to send the images to and how right. to kind of get on. A, they know who they are. I'm not going to be out there on some. Oh, no, I put so and so. 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 So I just need y'all to consider the fact as artists, as up and coming artists that. 
where I did not help you, I probably helped someone else who's right. equally as talented and equally on the come up. I just need for there to be that respect. I respect your pen when you're in the studio. Why is it you think you could talk to me at the left side of your neck when <sighs> it comes to my pen? And not just my pen, like you're want, you want to force my name? You want to force me to lend you my voice, my name, my pen to your story? And then let's say I actually listen, right? And then I have to have the awkward conversation about this wasn't really that great. It's and actually I will not publish good. it. Exactly. And I have. And if we do publish that now, this song is not great, then it's going to be now another I'm an enemy story. of progress. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, not to like drag on this topic indefinitely, but Yes, yes. A couple of things that you can that a couple of tips that we have for up and coming artists, right? And I wrote a thread about this on Twitter as well. I was on the um, NHA podcast um, last week. They had a special uh, episode with me and Queen Aziza from Massive Metro and spoken priestess as well. And I also spoke about this topic as well. So, so for people who are listening to me again, I'm sorry if it sounds a bit repetitive. We're trying to teach y'all. And, and <laughs> you feel like we, we have the same content. Not necessarily, but I'm just trying to let you guys know that as an up-and-coming artist, start with what you have where you are. Start small. If you don't have much, stop with what you have. Um and the, the story that I wrote on the thread on Twitter was Luna Florentino. That was such a perfect mm. example for me in the moment because they had just come off doing a cover with the plug. And thank you very much. I'm not a hater. I'm not an enemy of progress who doesn't put new artists on, who doesn't put up-and-coming artists on. You just have to grab my attention. I put... Tony X on the cover and people had no idea who Tony yeah. X is. You know and what I'm Tony's saying? And Tony's last album or last project was like, what, 2017? Exactly. Yeah. And But a lot of people were like, who's this dude? Who's Tony? Know? And he got onto the cover of the plug. So I'm not averse to bigging up you know, up-and-coming artists and giving them their shine, right? But A, you have to be good. And B, you actually have to start doing the work for yourself. Mm. The work for yourself includes like Luna Florentino's story, he was in school, and you know, you remember back in the day, everybody had BBM. Everybody was like <laughs> sharing our thing on BBM. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what he would do. He would record um, via some cousin. What, Dude, Patrick what, what. does that as well. <laughs> Patrick XX Lee, he's like, nah, beautiful girls can market anything. Exactly. Send them your stuff on BBM. <laughs> and that's what Luna would do. Like, he'd be sitting in class, right? Teachers in front teaching, and Luna is in class, BBMing the entire class. Like, like as soon as he be- as soon as he he records next day in class, oh, it's on. And everybody's got the new song. And then suddenly, like, they're sharing it with, like, other students in the school. Mm. Those students who are in after-school transports are in the transport with students from other schools. And they're sharing it amongst their cliques. Suddenly, all the other schools have it. You mm. know what I'm saying? And so that's how he grew in Rustenburg with sharing music on BBM. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And suddenly... You start getting like, everybody's like, oh, when's the new Luna? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And you grow your reputation to a point where suddenly you are doing performances. Mm. And people want to hear the new Luna Florentino. People are willing to pay 50 rand, pay 100 rand exactly. to come and see you. Exactly. Because you started with what you had where you are. And so as the SoundCloud community grew and so on and so forth, he started putting stuff up there as well. SoundCloud can garner you 
um, an audience of note. Mm. Ask Patrick a loyal, X. Exactly. A loyal. Oh my God! I have never seen comments so quick. <laughs> Could have thought that there's a comment in the first like 15 seconds. I was like, the song hasn't changed. <laughs> Champagne 69 dropped their EP right. and literally and bless their hearts because I've never felt a baseline that's powerful right. the way that go on Champagne 69's 808 and therapy or 808 therapy or something like that I don't remember get the album get the EP <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say literally that thing hits you in the chest from minute from second 10 and trust and believe one of their one of their fans is like oh my god this thing bangs it's like <laughs> Have you heard it lyrically? You, you haven't actually heard the full song because it just went up like five minutes. Ago. <laughs> like, please, but you know. But what? that's the point. Like, SoundCloud can get your community. Mm. Ask Champagne Sixty Nine. Ask Patrick X X Lee. Ask Jay Molly. Ask all of the new school kids. The really r- cardiac, right? Um, and there's so many of them. But you know what? Like, let's let's be honest. Some of y'all are old, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all are old. You're not gonna come up from school. So this is my recommendation for. you a press release like I'm gonna give it to you one by one so I hope you get a pen press release starts with your news as in for instance I sent my first press release recently I will share the experience it said Buntle and Pretty Ugly announce pregnancy with new music video Bonita headline that's what's in the subject line that that's should be the beginning of the thing in you, bold it should grab me your first the title of your press release should make me want to click open this mail and see oh what's in there exactly three sentences to give context of who they are as Rick Jade two three sentences to give context of the new drop and then quotes from each of them on their opinions on it so that journalists who want to include a quote can if they don't want to they can get some opinions on how they feel and then links to social media don't just say at this at this on Instagram on Facebook give www.instagram.com/whatever the handle is and then images that they can use preferably landscape and high, high resolution. resolution there are a few pr people in the industry right now that send press releases with and and at the bottom they said high res press images will be made available upon request you are wasting my time send the image immediately i shouldn't have to send you a follow up email requesting a high resolution image send me a dropbox link send me a we transfer link send me any kind of link where the stuff is up there already and all i got to do is press click download exactly and then here's the most important part send press releases to publications that make sense if you are a soul singer and you send something to slicker on life i will tell you for free chances are i'm not going to be able to run the story because that's right. not our mandate that genre in particular as much as we appreciate it hip hop interacts a lot with it we sample from it and vice versa I cannot warrant saying I'm going to put an alternative soul song on Slicker on Life. I could put that however on my personal blog, right. which leads me to say find out who the local bloggers are in your communities right. and get them and work with them to put out your music and then run an ad on Instagram, my goodness. And word of advice, run it in the story, not in the feed because in the, the story every not no not just that, the story costs more, but people don't go through the feed the yeah, way they true, used to. True. So if you want to make sure somebody sees your Instagram ads, put them in the story. Then work with your local influencers that have boma 10,000 boma what boma what boma what and ask them, "Hey, can you share this in your story sure. with a swipe up link?" Right. Right? What will it cost you? And likely it will cost them less to do so, you, see you know, th- than paying Instagram or Twitter to run a sponsored ad. I mean, the Shade Room is a prime example. 
you can pay the shade room right now today. If you want to pop in the United States and you can get all of your dollars, <laughs> pay the shade room to put your stuff on the shade room Instagram right. and you will see a change and a difference. But you got to know where you're supposed to go. Also, like we said earlier, traditional media is still the way to break in mm. the industry, right? So make sure that you find out which radio stations mm. are focused on listening to new artists, fresh artists. I can tell you for free right now, one of the best is YFM. Mm. And one of the people at YFM is DJ Zandi. And he goes through his submissions regularly. Sabi as well. Religiously, right? Sabi as well. Sabi as well. But if you particularly hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Zandi is your best bet because he does, he goes through the work. They speak to the compilers. You know, if you're good enough, you will make your way onto the playlist. But this is the point, ladies and gentlemen, you have to be good enough. Mm. You have to, you actually have to be good. Don't think you can half-ass your way through, um, oh, I, I can spit. I can write, you know, and you drop this this something that is not mixed and mastered oh for radio, gosh. that is not radio friendly, and you just submit it to a compiler and with that, yo, I'm dope. Check out my stuff. Check out my stuff. <laughs> and like even and so this isn't just for up and coming artists, this is for artists that are technically have arrived. And I can right. feel comfortable saying this even on air because I wrote it in print. Um I received a drop from Champagne Sixty Nine featuring Una Rams. Uh-huh. Now I know both parties. Una more so than anyone than than Champagne Sixty Nine simply because we've worked together in the past. Um, I listened to the song, I liked it, but I remember distinctly saying the instrumental is louder than the vocals. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works, especially if you're bordering on that trap punk hip hop kind of movement. Sometimes it works, but in that particular instance, it did not. It didn't. And I wrote and and you know I wrote in the article. It's disappointing that I could not hear the lyrics. As, as clearly as, clearly, as cause you I could to. tell that they were good lyrics. Right. Now, but I remember I remember on um, Champagne 69 was on the Sobering podcast and mm. they did mention specifically that they were having issues with the sound with engineering sound. at the time. You know? And they weren't happy with it as well. Mm. But also, as the artist, the buck stops with you so that's not necessarily you an know? excuse, right? It's not. And even if it is an excuse, etc., it's like <laughs> at the end of the day, y'all put it out unfinished. If right. you were unhappy with something and you still put it out, I'm going to judge what you put out as your best and final. Right. You know? So... Be ready for that critique because when it comes, it comes like a deluge of water. Right. You know? I was having a conversation with Miss Cosme as well because she's also another DJ that takes a lot of, like, she listens to stuff. You might mm. not think so, but she takes a lot of submissions. She listens to the stuff. She tries to play a lot of new music on her show. And also, people like Cosmo and Zandi have, um, the double fortune that there are club DJs as well. So mm. if your stuff is good enough, they're going to put you on, on in their sets. Sumo girls worldwide are going to be shaking something. <laughs> We're going to shake something to your little song. So when Ms. And one of Miss Cosmo's biggest criticisms is like she doesn't mind like, you know, taking the submissions, listening to people's good music. But apart from it being dope, it has to be ready for radio. It has to be mixed. It has to be mastered. It has to be radio friendly. She cannot put a sub pop production on the radio. Scoop has been talking about that as well. You know what I'm but saying? Also, another guy to send your music to who's been listening and very public about it is Scoop Makatini. Um, 
He might tell you his real, true, honest opinions he live likely on the will. He likely will. But that's what you want. <laughs> and all of this isn't to break you down as an artist. It's to build you into the better artist that you should become. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Criticism is there for a reason. It serves its purpose. And the reason is to make you a better artist. Established artists could well do with that piece of advice as well. You know, yeah. we're not. If you ask Yay. for a review done or if you, if, you, if you ask for feedback, please understand that we we're not just being bitchy if we do give you a bit of critical um, feedback. No it's one because is above criticism. No one is above criticism. I'm not even above criticism. If you want to tell me, yo, that article sucked, I'll, I'll I'll engage you and be like, okay, why do you think that it sucked? You know what mm. I'm saying? And if you make valid points, then I'll take that to heart. But the point is, all of these things, all of these processes that we're letting you know are there to better you as an artist and to help you grow in your artistry, but also for you to take charge of your career. Mm. Don't we, leave it in the hands of writers. Come exactly. on now. I have my career. I'm writing. You this can't you exactly. You can't send simply send a press release, fold your arms and be like, uh, Miss Mercer just doesn't wanna uh, feature me on the plug. And a press release doesn't require response, just so you know. Exactly. A request requires response. So if you are personally requesting that you be put on the plug or put on Sick on Life or put on anything, I kind of have to respond to that. And even then it's a courtesy to respond because Think about it this way. When y'all apply for jobs and then the job application says, if you don't hear back from us in two to three weeks, assume that your application was unsuccessful. Y'all don't get be y'all don't be up in their Twitter talking about, Thank you. oh, they don't want to see me win. No, they don't want <laughs> They don't care. You didn't fit the criterion. What are you talking and that's about? that's it. And as a matter of interest, because I, I also see people like, yo, how much is it going to cost to be on the cover? A, no one's paid for a cover yet, right? B, I, I have never taken suggestions or submissions for covers. I plan up my covers months in advance, um, and my covers are based on whatever criteria fits the month of the time or whatever mm. I feel should fit the creative direction of the cover, right? So don't be hitting me up like, yo, I, sh- I think I should be on the cover, or basically with any kind of content, I decide as editor what kind of content fits my site and what I'm going to put on the site at the time. So um, it's not that... I had someone offer me 500 rand for an article. <laughs> I sat there. I had to laugh. I had to laugh. I was like, first of all, even at my minimum, when I started rate of two rand per word, that's 250 words, including a little headline, firstly. Secondly, paying me doesn't guarantee good press. Girl. Like, put 500 rand behind an Instagram ad, baby. And then you will see some success. Right. But go on attraction in your own way. Make people sit up and take notice of you. And once you, once you do have once you do have people sitting up and taking notice of you, trust and believe. I will hear your stuff, but I will I will have heard it in the proper channels, not mm. with your entitled ass telling me off in my mentions. That's the quickest way to piss me off. Right. We actually can't talk after that. <laughs> now we're fighting. You know what I'm saying? Gloves are off. <laughs> now we're wrecking. My defense force is coming for you. <laughs> but anyway, we yo, we spent a lot of time um, discussing this topic. But, you know, that's, it's not hate. Like we said, we're trying to better the industry. And that's why we're in this industry as well. That's why a lot of professionals are in this industry for the love of it. There are a lot of professionals who mm. don't get paid the way you think we get paid to put shit on and you know what I'm saying but we do it because we love this industry and we want to better the industry that we're in Mm. so take all of this um, advice to heart and start thinking of ways that you can improve your own career Mm. moving along 
Moving on. Sure. Moving, Moving on, on to the next part of the show. We're going to talk about recent happenings in the industry. Um, yo, it's been a, a solid three months that I've been gone. There's a lot that's <laughs> there's, happened. There's a lot that's happened but in this three months. But some of it, we need to not even, like, there's There's, some, there's some news that's stale. Um, like, the summer awards happened way too long ago. We're not going to go back and address mm. that. Um, and there's some that's not worth addressing. Um but there's been a couple names. of recent goings on that are worth like you know a word or two here and there. Um, one of the, the recent things that happened in the industry is that MT has finally broken his silence. Finally, shoo, left ambitious. Do you have that? Shout out to MT, man. Yo, it's been a you know. MT is, you know, like once that worm stands in his head, ne? and then he just goes on a tweet barrage. And he starts. that thing. There's one can can spirit working in him when he opens that bird app, and he's like, "Let me vase you guys today." And he will tweet. And this time he's subbing. He and you know he's subbing ambitious. You know he's subbing like, old managers. Who else is he subbing? Right? Like who else is his manager? At some point, I was like, "Do you think we stupid as well?" Like we know. We know. <laughs> but, and there's been a couple of times like that. And we're just like, okay, what's going on here? Like, what's 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 the goings? But anyway, mm. so now he's he's um, finally left the label. And he's um, not just done it via um, sub-tweets. He didn't. <laughs> he, he, he released a public statement. Right. And the in the public statement, he explained, first of all, why he was commenting at all. And he said that his rationale for saying something was... To, you know, allay the fears of his fans and his friends. To give them some kind of... Security. Um, security, or not even security, but to end the chapter formally. Right. I think because we all saw when he changed his booking details. Right. I think that was the the first time we were like, okay, so he's diverting his money away from ambitious. Right. Um, but to release the public statement was to also say did this even in the media. Right. Like, I've commented per your requests, albeit you, you really didn't say much but that's okay too because remember when like cash time had like everybody you know and there was a period where some of the artists weren't saying anything specific it was just i'm a him him you know what i'm saying here and there mm-hmm. we would find out in the media section right events. <laughs> right so and like and i respect that mt came out and be like yo i'm i'm actually doing this just so dead you know, like mm. the rumors or whatever. Mm. I'm, I'm putting it flat out there so everybody knows that this is what it is and it's coming from me. But it's also, in my opinion, it's also very important. It was very necessary and important for him to leave and not just for his own well-being, but also for the fact that when A. Reese left, when, who else left? Amanda Black left? No, so A. Reese left at the same time as Fifi Cooper, at the Fifi same Cooper. time as Benchmark. Right. When those three left, they were like some of the first to leave. Right. And it was messy and it was ugly. And MT stayed strong. And, and the thing then, is, and, so let's just analyze. Let's just analyze that stay strong comment. <laughs> <laughs> he stays strong. So he, stayed, he must have been going through similar, albeit not so as he, negative. So he he stayed in the label. Mm. I think that you know that's the connotation with yeah. stay strong, right? Mm. But when those artists, when Aries, Fifi Cooper, and Benchmark left the label. They approached other people in the label as well. And MT was one of the artists that they approached. They approached Java. They approached Saudi. They approached mm-hmm. basically everybody in the label and said, yo, this is the move, right? Mm. 
are you in are you out like what's happening some people chose to stay with ambitious some people chose to leave ambitious mt was one of the artists who chose to stay with ambitious mm. um and in and around that process of aries leaving ambitious i think mt felt necessary to speak for his label mm. because so many people were speaking against, against it, his label right but at the same time it was equated to him speaking against the artists yeah. who left that label. And I understand like how people could, you know, how could infer that, but even in now his leaving, he's not saying fuck the label the way that Scoop Macatini and the rest of us truly honestly are saying fuck the label. You know, because basically because, fuck ambitious. Because fuck ambitious, I'm sorry. Like and the thing that devs me each time is that I've had personal engagements with some of the people who work there and we have amazing relationships, but it deads my heart so much to see the fact that like so many artists are saying the same thing consistently. Mm-hmm. And the 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 thing again, just like there's only three to five hyper visible um, publications, there's maybe three to five hyper-visible labels. Right. So opportunity's really small and it's just, it's really disappointing because I know that the people whom I've interacted with at Ambitious are not necessarily responsible for the um, the, the insurrection and, and, and the problems at, at Ambitious. Right. But they're executors of those problems. Mm-hmm. They execute the the demand. They execute, you know, they follow party line. Uh, they follow the party line response. With MT, he stayed after the first wave went. And so from the outside looking in as an artist, you're like, nah. But one of their biggest artists stayed. So that could mean that there's still something good going on over there. Right. Then Pretty leaves quietly at that. Right. He didn't break his own news. Smash Africa happened to catch him on the fly and did this little interview. It was maybe like five to ten minutes. And that's where I heard the news, right? And then, boom, pretty leaves. But it's not too much of a fuss. And then, I don't know, who did someone else Amanda leave? Black left after Amanda that. Amanda Black left right. after that. And it, was, it wasn't too much of a fuss, but it was like... She also kept it hush. Mm, but MT... And when I say MT stayed strong, I mean that. To, and I use those words to say that he, he remained... You know, looking all right. Right. Towards the end, that's when we start seeing just behavioral changes, commentary on Twitter as well, becoming very awkward. But him leaving and then publicly addressing that he's leaving also says to the next generation of artists that the guy that you were using as the benchmark of, I can't be that bad, has said, I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> also because MT was one of the biggest artists in the label and mm. he was one of the first signed. So Fifi Cooper was technically the very first signee, but almost immediately after they signed Fifi, they signed um, MT. And right? then MT blew the way so, that he did. Exactly. So because he's one of the very first artists that signed and he still stayed even after like the first, second, mm. third wave of artists leaves, it's, you know, it, it might have reassured. It did. It, I think it definitely <clears throat> reassured people. But I also remember earlier in the year I said this um, I said this just in conversation with some of my colleagues. Anybody at this point who is staying at Ambitious is comfortable. And I, and I, every time I say that, everyone's like, no, they're not comfortable. They're unhappy. They're whatever. And I was like, in my experience, when you are unhappy, you will try to do things to lessen the degree of unhappiness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if it's as bad as you're saying it is, you leave. Mm-hmm. Right. You find a way to leave for and maybe not even for the people at Ambitious, but, you know, for the people signed to Ambitious still or for the people signed in some weird management contract with whomever. If there is a breach of contract, just one, 
If there is a breach of contract, your contract is subject to renegotiation. That's the law. Mm-hmm. Exercise the law. Okay, that's assuming that there is a contract in the first place. Because <laughs> I was taking a sip of my drink and I had to stop. <laughs> because, and I remember this very specifically. Um, last year, July, we put Aries on our cover, right? It was his first major publication interview since he had left Ambitious. Um, and so I'm like, okay, there's a lot of stuff I need to know. You know what I'm saying? I got all these questions that I want the answer to. By that stage, Aries and I, because like when I first interviewed Aries, he's a very shy person, right? Uh, duh. He's extremely shy. So <laughs> when, he, when he doesn't know you and you're sitting with him for the first time, he's still like, okay, who's this person? You know what I'm saying? And it's, it takes a while for him to warm up to you. It's like, but... do we have to talk? <laughs> I'm sure that's his, that's his internal that's monologue. Exactly. Do I have and he's to? Just, he just sat there and he's just staring at me for a bit like, who is this woman? But anyway. <laughs> who's for her? <laughs> By the time I had interviewed him for the cover, he was more comfortable with me and we could actually sit and have a good ass conversation you know Mm. what I'm saying and he was opening up to me quite a bit and then obviously the question we start moving into the questions of the ambitious story and I asked him so what kind of contract did you sign like what was specifically outlined in this contract and he turned around and said to me there was no contract and I'm like sorry what and remember at that time we had a film crew (laughs) we had a film crew filming the interview and I think even they were stunned because I just stopped. And I'm like, what do Define you mean? Define no contract. What do you mean? <laughs> I just sat and I looked at him. Like, what do Quantify. you mean? Quantify. Quantify. Like, what do you mean? He's like, there was no contract. I was like, was no there an email? piece of paper. He said nothing. I'm like, so it was word of mouth, Vela, literally. I'm like, are you? And I, <laughs> I made him repeat this. I was like, are you telling me that you recorded an album and released an album. So when you were doing the paperwork for the album, no, nothing. Think- he said, "I'm like you recorded and released an album on word of mouth." He said he wanted to sing. <laughs> in his mind surely it was like me. I just want to make my music and go. And to with to an Reese's- unscrupulous uh, uh, organization. To Reese's credit, he said that um, he knew um, that he needed to get out there. And he knew that Ambitious was the vehicle for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There were lessons that he learned along the way and he doesn't regret a day. You know? Not even the last few when you should Not, have left? He said he regrets <laughs> nothing. Because oh, wow. all of that built him into the artist that he is now. Personally, I feel like Ambitious exploited his relationship with his brother because uh, Benchmark was already signed to um, Ambitious. Mm. Um, Aries was a kid he was a teenager he was a young and coming up dude but Suits was out at the time like you never thought about one legal document like we were watching nah because let me tell you why (laughs) because him and PJ are so tight right his brother is his life he would do anything for his brother and his his entire album Paradise is dedicated to his brother Mm. Um, and so because PJ is his life and they knew that and they knew he would do anything to be in such close proximity to his brother because he's such a shy kid you know what I'm saying Mm. he only literally comes alive on the mic that they exploited that relationship and said hey your brother's already here why don't you come over you know what I'm saying your brother's comfortable come over and join Mm. us as well and he knew that Ambitious had the legs to take him where he needed to be in his career so he was like alright Okay, well, I still maintain that if you today 
if you are signed to any label and signed to any label, signed any employment contract at your nine to five, as soon as you are really unhappy, you usually do things to try and address that unhappiness in one way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be as drastic as leaving, but it definitely does need to be actionary and not reactionary. Right. Um, My overall opinion about MT finally leaving was this is the first, or not even finally leaving, but releasing the the public statement. That was him being actionary Mm -hmm. because I felt like the rants were very reactionary. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you've been ranting for months. What do you mean? Right. And maybe it's just because like when I say things like there's a breach in your contract, it's subject to renegotiation or termination in full. Right. Regardless of who the breach is on. When I say things like that, even to, you know, other industry folks, they're like, dude, the average John does not know that. And that strikes me as odd. But then again, also, I can't, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I I want to expect that y'all give me such a strong pen on the mic. It behooves me to think that you didn't consider at any point the legalities of what you were doing. Let me tell you why. Because, and this is not specific to Ambitious, I'm not speaking to anybody specifically, I'm just speaking in general. Sometimes people know exactly what they are getting themselves into. But Mm. they know that this is the only vehicle that's going to take me to where I need to be. It's like when you get in the taxi with bad tires. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I need to get to work. (laughs) Exactly. You know that the shit is unsafe, but yay, 8 o'clock is 8 o'clock and I need to be in the door by 8 o'clock. And people know exactly what kind of relationships they're getting into. They know exactly how they will be exploited, but they they sacrifice that exploitation for the level of fame that they're going to acquire up until a point where they are now they self-sufficient. You know what I'm saying? As well. Then you get into their contract. One year goes by, two years goes by, and then suddenly you attain the, you know, what you what you wanted to getting into their contract. You are now a household name and whatever. Mm. And now you're like, actually, this doesn't serve me anymore. Okay, so then I'm going to need for anybody moving like that also to take some responsibility as well. Right. Like, I'm not willing to sing boo-hoo, sorry me, when it blows up and it's awkward and it's uncomfortable. Like, you grown. I'm only cutting that exactly. kind of slack for the kids. You and made that decision going into it, eyes mm, wide open. And by the kids, I'm referring to anybody that still has to say teen at the end of their age. Right. Right. Some of y'all running around calling yourself the kids and you're 24. It's weird. <laughs> um. Yeah, so... Yeah, no. We've said a lot about MT. I'm just glad that he's out of what he deems, you know, a bad mm. um, professional relationship. Uh, he's moving on to better things, mm. and hopefully, we'll get better music out of him. I'm hoping um, that uh, if there was an album or a project recorded, um, it's not still the properties of Ambitious uh, Entertainment, and it is his own um, personal mm. property. And if you don't understand rights as well, guys, you're, that's a you're, that's a story for another day. Actually, maybe on next podcast, episode on podcast. Actually, <coughs> podcast. Um, in one of, and I think episode five or episode four, one of them. Uh, VG found a textbook on entertainment law specific to South Africa. Do the right thing. Even if you don't have a textbook, there's ways that you can go about learning mm. about copyright law and mm. what's attached to master rights and what's attached to um, copyright, basically, the writing rights and, you know, mm. who's assigned what and on what basis. It's You know, it's 
you it's fairly easy information to come across, especially if uh, you can literally walk into Samro, walk into Kapaso. Those organizations will help you out as best mm. as they can if you are unclear that is about their a mandate. lot of things. That is their mandate. And they pump a lot of money into a lot of these like information programs and so on and so forth. Some people feel like, oh, I'm too big to, you know what I'm saying? To, to go to Samro. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's <laughs> But speaking of podcast, right? Sure. Speaking of podcast, uh, podcast is, they call themselves a podcast, but. Um, it's video. It's video. It's There's no standalone audio and a standalone mm. audio site. I'm sorry, I'm not going to call it a podcast. It's a video. Mm. It's a blog. It's a vlog, basically. It's a um, but or it's call, a show. It's like it's a mini a show. show. Yeah, and they I think call themselves call a, pod, a podcast, and they rely on the four presenters to get them. Um, four presenters being Scoop Makatini, DJ Vig- Vigilante, Vigilante Miss Cosmo, Cosmo, and, and DJ Speedster. And <clears throat> because they're well-known celebrities, they're in the industry, they have industry insights and so on and so forth. It gets mm. them quite a bit of traction in terms of numbers. But like one of the things, one of the discussions I had the one day, which really just rubbed me up the wrong way. And I'm not saying I don't watch every single episode. I don't really. I don't have the time. But there's this one episode where DJ Speedstar was talking about how um, they were talking about labels, basically mm-hmm. major labels, independents, and how um, artists are supposed to be developed and 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 um, grown in the industry and so on and so forth. And Speed supposes a question to Vigilante, and he's actually, you know, do exclusive sign to you guys. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was wondering. Right. He's like, actually, do exclusive sign to Universal. If for those of you who are unclear, DJ Vigilante has just taken on a new role at Universal Music Group um, South Africa he is the head of A&R um, basically he's the person responsible for signing new acts for developing new acts and so on and so mm. forth he's taken on that role relatively recently and so speeds to us DJ Vigilante and like D-Exclusive has been signed to Universal Music and Group and what have you done with what him? have you guys done with his career I don't see him you know Out. what I'm saying popping the way I expected him to I don't see his level of um, visibility in mm. the industry I don't think it's been raised the way it should have because he's signed to a major label what have you guys mm. done and DJ Vigilante turns around and says what has the artist done for himself <laughs> you are the A&R for a major label Yeah, actually the biggest label in the world Universal Music is Group it? is the biggest label in I the world and you turn around and say, what has the artist done for themselves? I mean, I need to understand what context he meant it in. Because technically, if if I'm consuming that information or that comment, my initial instinct is, okay, are you asking whether or not they've produced a project? Because that's technically so something the artist me, should do. So but let me then tell I'm like, you, D did. But because D is, they licensing, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not signed a full... Label deal, right? So basically, they make their own music Mm. and they come at the project to the label and say, Here's my music, do with it what you are supposed to distribute it, um, promote it, get it on the radio. Here's my music, I've done my part, you do your part. Mm. So when I come to you with my part, and but and you say, What has the artist done for himself? Emina, what did I sign so a label for? Yeah. No, that is a valid, valid point on your part. Like, 
at the end of the day, I knew, hence why I was wondering when I heard it the first time, I was like, wait a minute. I just went to that, you know, Trace um, collaborative right. activity. About to blow, about right. To blow. Yeah, and there was a whole set. Like, D-Exclusive has enough music to perform a full 20-minute set. Right. Which tells me that there must be some kind of project, or there's more than enough content there's out there. There's definitely more than enough content you know? for D. Um, I think, and there's been music videos. The music videos have gotten play on thingy. But again, also... Could it not be I I and this is no shade to anybody or in defense of anybody, but I often see a lot of the whole thing of so and so isn't popping. But the silent part that I love to add is to you. Right. So is it that Speedsta does not see him as visibly as maybe he would hope to? Or I don't is think it so. that, you know, he's not anywhere? Because his video was on was it Channel O or Trace? It was on Trace. But that's the thing. You know, Although everything, a lot of the stuff that we saw happening with D-Exclusive happened before he signed to UMG. So oh, all of that okay. had already been put in place. He Yikes. was playlisted on a couple radio stations. He was on Channel O, Crispy Fresh. You know what I'm saying? Things yeah. like that. Yeah. And then he signed with the label off of the knowledge that I've already got this traction going for me. You know, they're going to take it to the stratus. Take it to the top. Right. And then they don't. And you got the head of Anna asking what has the artist on cam- done for on him. On camera, On dude. camera. Yo, first that of all. That hurt, actually. It did. It hurt me. And <laughs> I'm not de-exclusive. <laughs> and was, I'm sitting there and I'm like. Sense, I was a bit sensey about that one. I was like. Ah. And then I'm like, if I am an up-and-coming artist or if I am a really great artist as well. And I'm looking at the head of A&R saying this. What is going to incentivize me to want to sign to UMG? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that in that moment, that might not have been his best PR moment. Because I'm sure it didn't come from a nasty place or from a, I don't Maybe care Maybe he just place. didn't know how to I react just, to the question to the, in the moment. And it could very well be that, again, DJ Vigilani signed, not, I don't want to say recently as in it was like two weeks ago, but he's still, in the same way that it takes about three months to get into the rhythm of a new job, you know, get, give the man some time to get his legs. I suppose. It could have been that he just didn't know at the time. Problem is, rather Don't be say, making reckless yeah, statements. Like, you know rather what I'm say, saying? hey, dude, I can't answer that right now. And, and, and you know, come right. back with a response later. Right. But I like podcasts. And what I like about them is not necessarily just their content. It's that, again... It's one more avenue to get information. It's one right. more content avenue. I mean, Casper's doing it now with, again, what is it with people calling video things podcasts? Hey, that's I'm very curious. It's not shade. It's just like, that's not what, you know, as that's a writer, not a podcast. that's not what the word means. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's calling a lily a rose. Like, that's, that's not, that's a lily. Like, don't call it a rose. Exactly. You know, but I, I appreciate it. I think my only, my only issue right now is that respect the format respect the space right and so if you're gonna come out and do something do it in full it's like don't give me a half-assed music video right if you don't have budget to do the video that you want then tone it down strip it back and really just get intimate with 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 whatever you're doing same with like content it's like dude don't get me on a high much a shout out to you as well like you granted you explained yourself but remember, you've got people watching you. Right. And especially if you're operating from a place of quote-unquote excellence, as in you are one of the top acts in the country, you are one of the top DJs in the country, you are one of the top anythings in the country, the bar is not 
the same for you as it is for the guy in his bedroom making content on the fly. Absolutely. Like, I just need that consistency. Mm. I feel like Popcast is definitely giving it to us, and we're seeing a gradual improvement in content and in quality of content, like video, audio, location. Like, we're seeing that happening live, and they listen to their followings. They take it back and improve here and there. I just, I've got my only criticism of them is that it just seems like a lot of, there's quite a bit of their content that seems reactionary. I don't, yeah, I don't think that um, they necessarily need to be actionary with some of their content. Like, let's be honest, sometimes we just, we want to see reactions. Because to be actionary about some of the things that they would talk about would be like, um, for instance, you, if, a prime example, if Spisa said, I don't see D popping the way that he should. If he was going to be actionary, that would be him asking for D's music and making sure he plays it at every set. That would be the action. Right. Right? Do I expect that of him? No. His mandate at that show is to give his two cents and go on about his business. Whereas, I think the jarring part of, like, Vigi's response is like, oh my God, this is is your mandate. And you're saying, what has he done? And it's jarring. Right. what do you mean, sir? <laughs> right. But like, you know, with 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 all of the content and stuff like that, like that's just the digital content. But there have been so many albums and like just like moment, like moment, like feel good moments in industry of mm. late. And I think for me, like my feel good moment in industry was Nadia's release. Yay! Like, can we, like you know when somebody says throw a dog a bone? No, Aww. give a dog a T-bone steak. Oh my gosh. Girl, <laughs> she took it to the top. You know. Nadia put so much, look, granted she had a few brands there sponsoring, a, mm. you know, some of the stuff, but she put so much of her own money mm. into that launch. And I saw so many people appreciate it appreciated it whereas a lot of artists would just be like okay let's cut corners here there there blah 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 mm. you know let's do the absolute bare minimum of what we needed to and do and expect the most right but Nadia put on such an experience for us and she made sure she she made it and you know it really was a full round experience it was and she um, from when you walked in the door it was an experience. Right. Before so, we even saw the performances. Right. So Nadia was part of Yo MTV Raps, right? She was one of the hosts mm. on Yo MTV Raps. Um, the the content, the production company for Yo MTV Raps was Visual Content Gang, right? Um, headed up by Batandra Alpestine, otherwise known as Take Zito. Because she had worked with him on Yo MTV Raps and she saw the quality of the production mm. that they had on Yo MTV Raps, which was incredible yeah it really was and I'm not just saying that because I was a guest on the show hey but <laughs> I mean I wasn't there I've never watched an episode but I've seen the stills from the set yo and a few of the clips yo it, it really seems like the that the quality bitch. of the production she was that bitch let me tell you guys that and because Visual Content Gang put that on and Batanda put that on she asked him to come on and help mm. with the um, the launch of her... Um, of Nadia Naked. Of Nadia Naked, which he did. And as his usual high standards are, it was an experience of note. Mm. She did a lot. And I feel like it was... So, and I said this to her, that's like, everything that I've said or written, I'm very comfortable talking about. Right. Like, I said to her, I was like, girlfriend, you ran around this country calling yourself queen of rap with no album. Mm-hmm. Explain yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and what came out eventually was that she'd made an album before it never saw the light of day. She made another album, Casper said it wasn't cool. And this was an album that she made 
and it went out but not just that it went out but that she she fought for it right you know she but also Casper fought for it I'm not saying he didn't, but, no, but I'm saying, saying that he fought for the quality of the content. Right? Yes, but when I when I say she fought for it, I mean there were moments where she speaks about the fact that like he didn't agree with some of the songs that made it onto the album, right? And she had to force, and she really had to rally for herself, which is maybe a quality she did not have the first time she she tried to produce an album, right? So that's why we see this thing coming together the way that it did in terms of its artistry. I have some mixed feelings. <laughs> I have some mixed feelings. Right. Just that, like, so I told her as well, like, that Yes Bitch song was not her best work. It was not. Lyrically, it was not. Instrumentally, even though she didn't produce the beat, right. it was not. Um, and it wasn't because it felt like a bite. It felt like a bite in a terms bite of, of Soldier Boy. Yes, bitch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And again, like, yes, that is your personality and you are that hunt. And technically speaking, everything is a bite right now. Right. But it was just such, it was like a Frank Casino style bite. And I just wasn't sitting, it wasn't sitting well with me Correctly. at the time. And then also the track listing, I was like, this stands out like a sore thumb because you open with your intro. Then the next song is Africa, which is just so like, so and the- rich. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, yes, but I'm like, and then it's I'm a boss and then it's yes but I'm like ah you like, took me off track I was speaking to somebody who was like why is it bitch like everywhere in the titles first it's like yes bitch yes and then it's I'm a boss 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 bitch bitch like what's the bitch I have to I have to stop <laughs> no, no, you right no. there <laughs> I have to I have to argue for my song <laughs> no 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 qualms here I'm a boss oh that's my girl that's my jam that's my jam right but also like ease up on the bitch girl <laughs> Like you know what? I don't know. I feel like when women call themselves bitches, it's a it's a defense mechanism. I suppose it's right? a real defense mechanism. Because like when I tell people that I'm brazy and I'm loud and right. I'm you know outspoken, you can't use that against me. Right. So if I say I'm a big body bitch with a rude lip, <laughs> okay, that means you can't call me fat or big because I said I it. I said it first, and I said I'm rude, right. so you can't say oh, she's so rude. <laughs> And I call myself a bitch, which means it's not called her if you do it either. But yo, I, look, I love the album. Um, and I'm not just saying it, because even when I'm sitting at the launch and I'm listening to a prophet and I tweeted it out here, this is actually mm. quite a dope-ass album. And people were like, are you just saying that because like you were within Cavassier in the moment? <laughs> look, they really think that they've bought yo. us. They think that they've purchased no, us. No, actually, I and I feel like it really, and I suppose maybe people go in listening to Nadia Project already with their preconceptions of what mm. Nadia is as an artist, right? So they don't, I don't know, maybe they expect something different, but I didn't have that. And because I knew it was the first album, I knew that Casper was executive producing it, right? Let me tell you guys, like, there's a lot of things you can say about Casper, but Tuto was his best work. Uh, yeah. Tuto was absolutely his best album. The, across the board, right. that's the opinion. And um, he did, he, like, he was, like, particular about, like, the way Tuto was put together. Um, and it was, a, like, it was all around, like, a really great album. And so I expected that he's going to put that level of attention into, into Nadia's Nadia first album because it's her debut, right, that he did put into Tuto. And he did. And one of the things that made Tuto a great album was it was very poignant and emotional at certain stages, um, which is what Nadia tended to bring through in certain songs as well. And she said as well during the album-making process um, that... 
She was, was going through a breakup. No, beyond that, like she just wanted to make the the radio hits, you know, like mm. I'm a boss, boss, boss. You know what I'm saying? Mm. She wanted to put all those joints out because that's who Nadia had been accustomed to being in the public spotlight. Mm. And Casper had to pull her towards herself and be like, girl, the I radio st- hit yeah. is not all there is to you. You've got to put yourself. She, I still think she needed, like, there were moments where I was like, you could have pushed your pen and and, and spoken about this a little more. Cause right. It, at the launch, so she spoke about everything that went into the making of the album, her childhood, the elements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you hear that and you juxtapose it to what you're actually hearing in the song, I was the like, lyrics, you right. definitely could have said a little bit more. You could have said a little bit better. Some, you felt something. You felt a way. And you didn't put it out there and then. Maybe you put it out in interviews. But again, so with that in mind, right? The person who would be privy to that information long before we as the media are mm-hmm. would be Casper. Right. So but also in Casper's, that moment, it's like... At the th- but at the same time, like I'm saying, Casper has a great... He's got... When he wants to, he's got the ability to put together a great album, mm. which I feel he did in a lot of aspects in terms of the way the album flows, in terms mm. of the sounds of the album, the beat selection, things like that. Casper's pen in and of itself is not the greatest as well. So, so he, he wouldn't be able to be, comment. Right. Oh, okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm asking a fish to climb up a tree. Exactly. Okay. okay. So that's why I'm saying like Casper's not the one to say, yo girl, like the Push songwriting. Right. Mm. And let me put this out here. Boity's coming for all you girls' asses. Nina Kali. Boity is three for three right now and she's got her fourth because she's got um, Bakai. Bakai is yo it's a jam but um, she's got a first single she's got Bakai she's got the Coke Studio Africa single as well mm, right mm. so that was the three released singles that she has and now she's got Own Your Throne coming out which is going to be the fourth but those three released tracks already Boiti is three for three right but she hasn't had a miss she hasn't she's had a miss she's just had hits like you know when they say hit or miss she hasn't had a miss and I know I've spoken a bit about like Boiti his pen or lack thereof and that's not what we're getting into <laughs> but the point is even if there is a lack of the pen there's a pen somewhere else that pushed that song to the top she was smart enough to get that you pen you know what I'm saying she was smart enough so my point is and I understand why people might be skeptical of getting word um getting help with um, songwriting and so on and so on and so forth, you know, having other people write their songs mm. for them. I understand that. That's an expression. It's a personal expression for yourself. You want to be able to do that on your own. But here's the thing. Go into a songwriting, um, not a session, like, like a, a workshop, a workshop, yeah. set up a songwriting workshop of sorts where if you know, Dumi Molikani is the best pen you've ever heard in this industry mm. in your lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Do what you need to do to set up a songwriting workshop with Dumi Mulligani to strengthen you as exactly. a writer. Because let me tell you what me personally, Marsha Taka, what strengthens me as a writer, if I go and read incredible work. Mm. You know what I'm mm. saying? And then that makes me better at my craft. You know what I'm mm. saying? So set up some kind of songwriting workshop to strengthen you as a lyricist. Write your verses. Go back to somebody who is strong in that field and be like, what do you think I can do? I can I can be helped with in this regard, and so yeah. on and so forth. And and that's how you grow in that way. I also that was one of my criticisms of Nadia's album. Um, I really thought she could do better. She's got the capacity to take it, it to the it's top. Like a lot of folks, and this is not to Nadia in particular, but like a lot of folks don't read. Y'all don't read, right? Right. So I remember I was in high school, and I used to talk to this guy, cute little thing at the time, <laughs> and. 
As soon as he said, I don't read, it's boring. I Ooh, shut it down. Girl. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I told my mom, I was like, she's like, oh, where's that part? I was like, mommy. And I, I went with, <laughs> I, was, I was so shook. I, it was like, I was all dramatic about it because it was dramatic. Right. It was like, mommy, he doesn't read. <laughs> We're going to be hanging out. And I'm going to say, did you see this article? And what, what, what? And he's going to say, what? <laughs> Oh, and he was done. He was fired quickly. And literally, when I watched the big hashes um, in the stew with, right. with with Slicker, I sat there, and one of the things that he commented was, I read the dictionary. Like, I would find different words to right. use, vocabulary, etc. Right. Those things matter. And even if you can write your own song, right, but... I'm telling like you can write your own song and then send it to me as a poet and say Misa can you can you edit this for me by the time if I so much as put one comma somewhere else if I move one word around if I find a better synonym that is me co-writing right and there's it doesn't take away from the from fact that your it's pen. your song right. and your pen right so don't fear that that whole thing of a ghostwriter has to write what you inform them of. Right. Because it has to be relevant to you. Like, it would be really, really weird if Boity had a song about being a wife, meanwhile she hasn't been married. Right. Like, that would be strange. Right. Right? And then we'd say, oh, you really didn't write the song. But... <laughs> 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 no, when people grumble, that's the voice that happens in my head. <laughs> right? So, like, it doesn't take away from your artistry. Right. Um, who else has dropped recently? Oh, Kuli China. Icho. 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 I listened to the song. Actually, I did listen to the song. I don't think I, don't think I entered the South African hip-hop community. At the as, time when Kuli China was popping? You know? Right. And on top of which, even the nature of my engagement with Casper, it, it, it doesn't allow me to feel many ways about the release. I thought it was a okay. cool song. I thought, okay, it's a cool song. And then I moved on. Because there's also no indication of an album. Like, I'm not a single Oh, there's girl. an album coming. Girl, there's no, an album coming. Yeah, Cooley, I know, right. you know, something might be might be brewing soon, it soon, soon. It is brewing. It is brewing soon, soon, soon. I am not a singles girl. Right. I am a single girl. I am. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do not like singles. I like projects. Right. Even if it's like a three-track EP, those make me happy because I feel like a single doesn't allow me anything and generally people produce the song that they think will be on radio for the single. I suppose. But let me okay, let me let me say a couple things, right? A mm. there is a there's definitely an album. There's definitely an album. Okay. There's definitely an album. The album has been done. It's just in the final stages of uh, being putting together. Um the album's gonna come out soon, but Baby Girl Kali China is back. And that might for you that might not mean a whole lot, but for me for me, okay. from the days of when I listened to Matoka Originator and I was like, yo, you know, for me, that's something. Okay. That for me, that means so much. Like, yo, guys, you don't know, you don't understand what Kuli is to me. Yo, Kuli's I pen, mean, Kuli's Mercy, you are smiling, girlfriend. Girl, you don't. <laughs> and it's like, you know, when I, like when I first got the inklings in the industry, you know, like that Kuli's, you know, on the comeback and, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, okay. There we go. Because let me tell you something. Kuli's put out his two solo projects. He's put up in Swaka Regionator and Last in Time, right? Mm -hmm. And then he's had the um, 
Absolute Wine Source EP, mm. which was an amalgamation of a whole lot of different African sounds because that was the, pro- the you know, the, the purpose or... That was the brief. That was the brief. That was what was de- what was supposed to be delivered with the EP. But that wasn't Cooley. Even though he was like the headline artist throughout the project, mm. that was not Cooley's project. That mm. was... Absolute's project. It was Absolute's project and it was a mishmash of different things. So I haven't heard Cooley, Cooley, Cooley. Like in a long while, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. like I'm, I'm so excited about that. And even like even the single itself, um, I'm excited about the single. And the and why uh, part of the reason why I was excited about the single is because Kuli and Casper do not have. I heard they had beef. It's not that they had beef. Beef, you know. It's just yeah, like because Casper can beef. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. I know. Okay, so it wasn't that it kind wasn't, of beef. No, it wasn't like an AKA okay. beef, right? It's just like no, we're not even did that. <laughs> did that? You like it? They must. But I think even they themselves are over it now, <sighs> dude. No, they're not because they still find ways to tag digs at each other. No, they just no, 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 no. Like this no, no, Nigerian no. thing. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, point is, it wasn't a beef. Beef. It was just <clears throat> they weren't tight. You know what I'm saying? Um, you would probably have anticipated that they should be both being both being artists from Mufftown, um, both operating in a similar sphere. Um, and But they weren't really tight, tight. You know there what I'm saying? There cannot be two kings in one city. I think as fans, we keep trying. We keep trying to pretend like two brothers who... There's one throne. Yeah, There's one throne. I suppose. But, and, and let me just give you a bit of insight. There's an interview coming up onto the plaque that comes soon. And so you will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying my best, like, not to let a lot of the details fly because you will hear it um, when I speak about it properly in the correct channels that it should be spoken about. But, yeah, um, just seeing Casper and Koli together on this track, it was mm. like, wow, I'm so happy for them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And hearing the backstory of like how they came together again in the industry mm. and, you know, like how they have become, have, have formed like a genuine kind of friendship. Mm. That was dope. So that's why I was excited about the song as well. And the song is, I just feel like it's dope. That's what I heard. I heard it was a cool song. But again, because I'm not necessarily a diehard of either. Right. I'm not, I'm not getting mad, mad hype over it. Okay. Um, you know, another single that just came out was, uh, what's his name? Tsukho's um, No Ties. <gasps> oh, okay. I love that song so much. I'm sorry. Really? <laughs> I love it. I, I'm, um, really? Yeah. And it has, it has less to do with the lyrics and more to do with the production. I felt like I couldn't hear him. I felt like I couldn't hear him. I felt like he was not enunciating at some point. I switched from earphones to headphones to speaker to car speaker. I could not hear him nearly as clearly as I could hear King Monada. Really? Yep. Yeah. And that was my concern. Okay. Because there are, there are issues. When I can't hear an artist lyrically, it either tells me, one, you just don't have somebody who can mix and master for you properly. Two, you were afraid of your beat, which is why you put it louder than you did than you were or three you just didn't care but I don't think it's either of them for for him I think maybe it, it missed him because everybody loves this song I don't I, I honestly can't think that that was the first concern for me I don't necessarily maybe it was something that you um, were specific in you know and listening out for mm. and so you picked that up but I didn't I want to really, hear lyrics I don't know I just felt I felt like I did hear him well I enough I heard some of him but there so. were too many parts there were too many points in the in the song where I was like 
I lost you. Where you at? Right. That for me is like, <laughs> now I'm looking, I'm trying to find you. And then another just like, and it's not shade to any of y'all, but it's like, dudes, genius is free. Why aren't your lyrics on genius? Uh, I suppose. Like, especially when you know that there's a potential to be misheard or misunderstood. Right. I remember I got and he didn't check me. Granted, bless him, Youngsta. Uh, the 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 what's what's that what's that song called? Um, Yati. Mm-hmm. Right. Youngsta has a very distinct accent. Yeah, right. Right. I lived in Cape Town, so for me, it's very homey. Like if I hear that particular right. accent, I feel like oh yeah, I'm back in Cape Town. And it's cool. But musically. I could miss something, and I did, mm-hmm. right? He said, my mother hates this name. Not, but, but he said this just after speaking about his father, mm-hmm. right? I heard, my mother hates his name. Oh, okay. As if his mother hated his the father. The father's name, which, which is an entirely, not, an entirely different connotation. Exactly. Right. When I wrote the article, I wrote it as, he commented on his mother's opinions about his father. Right? Oh, girl, if I was these managements, I'd have gotten to you he, immediately. And he did. And he did. And he said on Twitter, but he was kind about it. And I think it was also partially because, one, he knew your lyrics aren't out for me to cross-reference. Right. And I can't hear you. Okay. I cannot hear you. Like, right. you need to make sure that you are well understood. He said on Twitter, he's like, no, guys, ha, ha. my mom hates the name Yati because okay. my name is Riyadh. Right. I quickly went in and changed it. Right. Right. And ever since then, I've been very cautious, particularly with um, music in, in languages that are not English, where I can hear definitively. Right. Enunciation is, can sometimes be an issue. So with no ties, I sat there and I was like, I'm losing you. I can't hear you all the way. I don't know what you're oh, saying. Oh, so okay. Given the backstory now, that's why it's a pet peeve for you. For me, it was just <laughs> for me. I was like, you trying to get me in trouble, right? So I'm that's why it's a pet peeve it. for you. But like for me, like my first reaction says, "Oh my god, I love that song so much." It's and nice. even I remember, like on the song. day it was released, I was flying to Durban um, on that Friday. So I get into the Uber, and the driver takes me, and I so appreciate guys not to digress but I so appreciate our Uber driver who says to you do you need the Bluetooth you know what I'm saying <laughs> I was like sir yes it's Friday it's as opposed day. to as opposed to just seeing this light skin ass face and putting on 94.7 for me oh <laughs> and it is so and look I, I'm not to be bragging but I live in like a really upscale um, suburb so you get the light skin like the long straight hair and you're picking me up in the suburb and then you're like okay immediately 94 points you know what I'm saying you're you're on metro and I'm not that girl (laughs) (laughs) so of that I really appreciate the Uber driver it's like oh do you want to play your music yes I would love to play my own music (laughs) thank Thank you you very much much. (laughs) and so he did and um, I played No Ties and my driver is I'm not going to generalize uh, which part, but he's from the northern part of the country in some way. Either he was Peri or Tsonga or somewhere there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he was wild about King Mundara. You know yeah, what I'm no, saying? I think they love him. They love him. Like, they love so him. So he hears King Mundara and he's like, okay, like familiar, you know? It's mm, my gent. Right. So then he's like, but who's this guy? He's asking me, who's this guy? And I've never heard like this kind of music being sung in English before, mm. you know? So. He was hype about the song. I had to repeat that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. And he also asked me, like, can I send the song to him? I'm like, no, sir, it's not that kind of game. Like, I, I can't yeah, send no, it to you on WhatsApp. He's, he's still there. But he'll catch up. Soon, soon, he's going to say Apple Music. 
give him some time. <laughs> but, and that's what I, I love about the song. A, it's still the Tejo that we know and love. Mm. Like, let me tell you, there's not any part of Tejo's voice that I don't mm. adore. You know, mm. I can never get enough of Tejo. I can go back and listen to his projects over and over again. I ran into some of his stuff from like 2017. Right. Right. I, and I was listening in like 2018. I was like, oh, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he makes like, he doesn't make bad bitch music, but he makes music for oh. bad bitches with feelings. Oh. <laughs> so I love Tejo as it is. And then he goes and makes this song, No Ties King Monada. And also, people might have automatically been like, okay, why? You know, but it took him to an entirely different market. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It took him to an entirely different audience that he wasn't already exposed to. Mm. And it showed the versatility of his artistry. Even just that, like, Dude, speaking on King Manada in, in particular, I hope I'm pronouncing it I properly. Think it is, right. But like artists like him do so well, in my opinion, because they have just this like um I don't want to say cultish because that makes it seem negative. Right. But like their people ride for them. They do. Like I no, feel King like, Manada, his people yo. like their pe- like like even and this is this just to like segue like like Shoma Josie. I've never right. seen I have never seen a generally um less rec- represented uh, community and culture um be this loud. Right. You know? Like but that's exactly she, why. You know, you know because what I'm they're less represented. Because they're less represented. And you've got the Shoma Josie character like literally Girlfriend had all of us in the family trying to figure out whose song I hear. <laughs> <laughs> so we can rap. So we can rap. And she's like, who is it? And then we found out, like, well, not that we found out, but it just came out in my family, at least, that my mother's dad is from Mozambique, but Tsonga from Mozambique or oh, whatever okay, the case. Okay, okay. And so she, you know, and my mom, my mom was a mom that used to, like, play Nicki Minaj as she was cleaning the house. Right. So mom's was like, nah, dude, when I heard her, it reminded me of being like passing through Guiani in Soweto, okay. like the the part of Guiani, right. the part of Soweto that's called Guiani, and seeing that movement, and even the fact that Shoma Josie at one point went to a place like that. Right, they weren't expecting her anything. Pass it out in this bright ass mm. Shivelani, and it was just like, oh my god, mm. oh my god, girlfriend, I want to be your best friend. Like, <laughs> okay, just to digress quickly, shout out to Shoma Josie for acquiring the services of Boogie My Boy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, the styling game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the styling game. Shout out to Boogie. She's done a lot for Speedster. She's mm. done a lot for so many people mm. in the game. Mm. She's styled so many different events as well. Also, quickly, let's also go to Castlelight and Locks, where Boogie had a, a bit of a, a, a comment there where she's it's like true. I see a lot of Boogie My Boy styling on the stage but nobody hired Boogie My Boy what? so her point is people took her influence oh, you know what I'm saying okay. and adapted it to the way they, like most of the people on the stage were styled but you know she in a way was, that she would have done exactly I mean I don't know if, is she allowed to wow for that? I don't I, I was under the impression that she styled them I said, and they no, didn't credit but let her. Let me tell you, let me tell you um, where I feel like it matters. It's like 
if I if there's another styler that takes inspiration from the way Boogie styles, right, and styles people in that regard, I don't think as a trendsetter you mind per se, but just be like, yo, you know, Boogie is a person who put me onto this kind of thing. Why are we on the subject of Shoma Josie, right? Mm. Shoma Josie's braids. That's not the mm. first real time that we've been seeing it happening. And then those colorful braids at the beach, yeah. let me tell you who did it first. Oh, DJ Doop. Oh, yes, yes. DJ yes. Doop. Was she was she was in those colorful braids and beads ten years ago in Bromfontein. Mm, you know what I'm mm, saying? Mm. Um, and there were a lot of people who who kind of just automatically um, associated the, the you know that kind of hairstyle with her to the mm. point where she was telling me, um, what's this girl's name from Batuk Music? Uh, can't remember her name. Ah. Carla Fonseca. Carla Fonseca from Batuk Music at one stage said to her, oh my God, I love this here so much. Would you mind if I did something similar? Mm. And Duop was like, of course I don't mind. Like, this is why I do what I do. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. So that other people can feel more confidence in doing to like To do the, what they want to do. Right. And Carla, said, and Carla came back to her and be like, you know what? I walked down the street and people were just calling me Duop the whole way. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> this hair is not for me. But the point is, so... There are people who 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 set those kind of trends, you yeah. know what I'm saying, and do that kind of thing. But it doesn't help to say, "Yo, shout out to do up one time." Okay, I I hear it, I hear it, and I see that there's some there there's definitely some merit to it. At the same time, this is gonna like circle back to another conversation that just never ends. Is it not the responsibility of SA Media to know and to comment on these things when we see these styles? Let me tell you, there's a I'm not going to talk about the music media no, now. No, no, the no, fashion media in this country. Oh, but the fashion media in this country go is severely lacking. Hence my point, right. right? So I can only judge a fish for swimming. Okay. As the person who is enjoying their new style as it's been influenced by someone else, your job as a fish is to swim. Right. You doing big ups, doing this is where I got this inf- this style from, this is where, this is where, this is where, is the job of the writer. Mm-hmm. Right. If the writer has not done their job, I cannot be mad. But also, let me tell you, like, the, like I, I feel like a lot of the new fashion crowd in South Africa isn't old enough mm. to have that kind of knowledge to know that Duwap was been doing this ten years ago. Dude, I'm twenty. I'm turning twenty three. I did not know that she was doing it ten years ago. I knew that before. I knew who Maya was in full. You know, and and now at this height of of her career, right? I did know, however, that there was a girl. And I just didn't know her name. Right. And I didn't see her as visible. Right. But I can't fault, you know, anybody for that, aside from the fact that we do not. Again, there is a small amount of writers and journalists and content producers servicing an entire industry. Right. Right. So now if doo did not do her branding for herself at the time. Can I be so, so, so upset? It's not necessarily Dua, but it's like you say, the coverage of Dua. The coverage of Dua, right? right? If, if, If you weren't available to the masses in that way, can I be big mad? No, I can be miffed. I can be a little like, right about it, but I can't throw my toys. You know? But then I think the responsibility is on somebody who comes afterwards, like I'm saying, mm. like Carla Fonseca, who said, mm. yo, I actually got like this mm. kind of thing from Do Up. Okay. You no, know I I'm see saying? it. I do. You do need to give big, it's important to give big ups. It doesn't exactly. matter who or where or from where. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to throw the book at you if you don't. Right. You feel me? No, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a tricky one. Mm. But back to the actual music that we were discussing. <laughs> so, uh, your girl, Shoma Jersey. It's on colors. It's on the colors. 
and you can't show. see her because the new song is called John Cena. <laughs> and John Cena posted. And WWE Smack It Down also yes. posted. Yo, the, if there's one thing that is undeniable is that Shoma Josie is having a killer year. Like, yes, it's unnecessary. But, actually, and that's the thing. Like on my first episode of Notes and Noise with um, City Somonayang, shout out City. So he's just like one of those. Mm. Um, he said he could see he wasn't a fan of the music per se and the way mm. that the music yeah, was put him. together, right? But he could see that there is an agenda mm. here, and this agenda is worldwide domination and to mm. bring this to a worldwide audience, and that's exactly what she's executing right now. So mm. I cannot falter on that. I really can't. You know, and just not just that, like she's doing it with I think we're seeing her do it with the United States really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Another guy who's kind of in this like world domination, but not like domination is Nasty C. Actually, he has his Red Bull, uh, Red Bull produced documentary coming out. Uh, For those that don't know, Red Bull is everywhere and Red Bull assists artists in all parts, all reaches of the world. So they worked with him to get him you know, uh, uh, introduced to some folks over in in Japan. Japan. And that's where he shot his documentary. And, you know, if you watch his interviews and stuff like that, again, another shy guy. What is it with these rappers and being shy guys? Like, come on. (laughs) Come alive on the mic. (laughs) Wait, we'll get to that one. Just no, no. Um, (laughs) But he meets people out there. He is... Clearly, like if you've been seeing his Instagram of late and like, let's say the past three months, he's clearly experimenting with fashion and trying to have some kind of relationship, like a meaningful one with with producers, etc. outside of this region. Because if you want to pop and you want to pop financially as well, go to Japan. Yo, like when the West they, is not where the it's West, at. like the West is for clouds. <laughs> the West, no, like it's fine. Give call a dog a dog, yes. call a spade a spade. The West is for clouts. It's for it's for the it's for the prestige. Mm. Japan, guys, just their numbers alone. If everyone who enjoys music in Japan just streams your album once, two million, you're done. Like, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> just that's it, right? But yeah, he's doing that thing of making sure that he's accessible outside of South Africa. And I think Loki, I think that that has some of the uh, some of the other artists a bit shook like Ur! because y'all decided not to go out or maybe you didn't make the active choice, but you didn't include it in your strategy. Oh, let me shout out Colin and Yvette Gale one time. Guys, shout out Colin. Colin and Yvette Yvette, Gale. like shout out to you guys, hey? Yo, and shout out to Nasty for knowing that he that needed these them. are the people that you know? he needs to take him and to, to the listening top. to them. Right, like I see so many like managers in the space, etc., who talk about the artists that they deal with, mm-hmm. and you can see that. I mean, Kaniti, you were hired as the as the manager, but but you're trying to outshine. You're trying to outshine, and the other issues. It seems like your artists don't want to listen to you, like. I, I don't get that. Like, that frust- that vexes me. Mm-hmm. Like, if you hire me to come and do something, don't stand in my way. Right. So if you said, I have the pen unlocked, it's the business I don't have, I need my manager to handle that, and then you be getting in his way about how he goes about doing it, then, like, what's the point, <laughs> you know? So also, like, as much as shout out to Colin and Yvette for doing what they're doing. For shout their out expertise. To, you know? Shout out to Nasty for giving them the space and reign. As well, right? To, to allow them to you know, be those people. Shout out to him for not get, putting his nose where it doesn't matter, for letting them do 
what they said they would do for him. Which isn't to say that artists should remain blind to everything yes. that's um, that you know that they're signing. That's mm. you know what I'm saying. Be involved. Be involved. But let people but give people the space to work. Like in you the don't way see them in work. the studio with you all the time talking about what are you saying there. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah. Anyway, we've been chatting for a while. Any other new releases you want to talk about before we wrap it up quickly? Um, funny enough, music videos. So two in particular. Um, the Come Up, DJ Camo featuring 25K, Reason, and SBK. Mm-hmm. And Frank's um, feature with Casper, mm-hmm. Sudden. Right. Now, with regards to the Come Up and 25K... Uh, yo, I can Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of another song. I'm sorry, guys. I, have a, I, I literally have a press release in my head right now. Um, SBK and... 25K is on, is on the song. What yeah, am I saying? He is yeah, on the song and, and Reason as well. I liked the song. Didn't understand it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I caught a word or two here and there. And then I, I asked Kim. I was like, Kim, I'm a gent. Can you please send me the, send me the lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> please send me the lyrics. And I understood one verse because it was in English. And I was like, okay, cool. This makes sense. When I had the lyrics, everything made sense. The video came out quickly, like, soon after. There was promo. There was a rollout, clearly. And right. I was like, I really appreciated that. There were moments, however, like there's just something, there's a trend that I'm noticing that doesn't seem to get fixed, so I'm just going to comment on it until I see a change. Focused lenses are important, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, camera shots and angles that make sense are important. If there are subtitles in your music video, they need to be grammar checked. <laughs> like, I don't know how to make it make sense. Right. Spelling is important. Because words and placement of commas mean things. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's a way. Like, shout out to, to Camo and them. I don't know if you caught the single. It's a really good single. Great yeah, I did, I music did. video yeah. as well. But my, I think my big is with Frank Casino's Sudden. Now, my last article for the plug, funny enough, <laughs> referenced this particular song because everybody kept saying... Um, oh, this is bitten, this is bitten, this is bitten, when I was doing my research. Right. right. And then I listened, I was like, oh my God, this is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is bird. And it lit- what the problem was, was that he explained later where he said that, you know, there are countless times where rappers have used the words of other rappers right. and their flow um, as reference. Mm. And it's kind of like, you know, giving big ups. Right. You know? Go on, big up, it's fine. Problem is, baby... Is that you don't do all of it at once. Right. So I think that's what everyone's beef was. Is exactly. That the beat and the flow Can't be and exactly the, the name same. of the song <laughs> and the ow, but nah, nah. <laughs> like, I, I, and I understand, like, you want to reference. Right. You want to reference. And so there's, there's, there's that criticism leveled against Nadia's rap bitches as well. Yes. So she goes and she does rap bitches, um, which is obviously very similar to Nipsey Hussle's rap mm. niggas, right? The difference with her is she got in front of it. She said before y'all said it, this is who I was thinking of. Right. And But truth be told, not everybody was at the launch and not everybody got to hear that. Fair enough. So as soon as the album comes out, people fair listen enough. to rap bitches and they're like, oh, Nadia, what are you doing? But then, okay, so then as media who were there, it was our responsibility to maybe reference that bit. Or maybe hers. So again, so again there's... Just don't comment when they come to drag. That's no, my but the only point concern. Is, but the point is like... 
there is homage Mm. But homage has to be done in a certain way where it doesn't seem like an entire knockoff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, even though they recognize that she's trying to pay mm. homage to the Nipsey Hustle track, right? It can't be exactly the same, mm. right? Mm. So yeah, I get people's, I get people's, vi- and and it's it's too soon for Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's too soon. Yeah. Well, mm, we say that about everything until it's too late. <laughs> until it's too late. Like when. I need somebody to pay homage to Ricky Rick right now. Right. Right now. That man is in the prime of his career, in my opinion. The after movie for Cotton Fest just came out. I wept. I wept at the sight of seeing one man be able to move an entire space. Of course. Left, right, back, forward. Ricardo Macaro for you. That's that's what he does. That's who he be. I was literally... I had never seen him perform live like that. My first time encountering him... He, I was at a, a, Ricardo a club. Ricardo is one of the best performers in South Africa. Even as a, even as a club host, he yeah. finishes. I was at a club. I didn't know who this man was from Adam. Okay, <laughs> he could have told me I was in the Garden of Eden with Eve, <laughs> and I would have believed him. Yeah, I was just in the corner. I was unhappy. My shoes hurt, and my feet were killing me. Me and my girlfriend were standing there. Man comes around and goes, "Why aren't you dancing?" Everything is nice. You know, a little two step. Everything is nice. And then I didn't realize who he was. Right. And And you look up and it's like, like, oh. Because initially I was was just like, who is this man telling me to dance? Dance, dance. Because it it comes across as like, you know, just like a derogatory. Like, like, girl, dance. Who are you to tell me to dance? And then I was like, oh, you trying to. He's like, are you not happy? Is the party not nice? It's not fingers. Does <laughs> a two-step. And then seeing him at Cotton Fest, moving the crowd left, right, and center. Like, I need I need a museum. I, I need another album from Ricky. That's what I need. Yo, Ricky, come to the plug. Yo, we'd love to interview you. <laughs> like, also just sidebar, like, I think, I think literally we, I'm at that point with certain artists, himself included. Right. With particularly, like, with big five artists. There's a way that I feel like y'all moved to get up to where you are. Yeah. There's a loudness. There's a Twitter trigger happiness. I need you guys to walk in the spirit of, yes, I'm that bitch. I earned it. And be, you know, yes, be like choosy with your interviews. Granted, you know, to Mm -hmm. an extent. But I need you to really, when you speak, it needs to be heard. Right. Right. So when you go to do an interview... Don't be talking real loud and reckless and messy on Twitter because it's gonna get drowned out. You mm-hmm. didn't sit with that artist or that with with that writer right. for you to tell them something meaningful mm-hmm. and then to have it like overshadowed by your Twitter happy scandal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Also, stop coming for Ricky appreciating his wife. Sorry, I'm yeah. loud, but yo, no. like, if you guys want to piss me and Misa off again, <laughs> like every time Ricky appreciates his wife on social media, you guys come for him, and I'm tired of that shit. For some, so some people raise some issues in my DMs, things that I will not mention on air. Um, but my whole thing that y'all didn't understand immediately was this man has been open about his His drug addiction, right? And so then was equally again open about the fact that when he's like, okay, we're not going to do drugs anymore, but we're going to spend money and I'm going to feel good about it. So that was his vice. And then to say that there was somebody in his corner saying, hey, babe, if you want to spend money and still feel good. Invest, rather. Put it right. in business. Do this, do that. Buy a franchise. Let, and 
also, are y'all so bitter? Like, let that man love his wife Ooh. out loud. Ooh. We don't say anything when Will stands on the red carpet like a buffoon with his hands in the air. <laughs> like, Jada. No, no one says that. Let the man love his wife. How clever to Like, not in my name. Not on Beyonce's internet. <laughs> not on Beyonce's internet because it's her internet. Anyway. And also, chatted. shout out to the all of the South African talent. All of the African talent, all of the diaspora talent that showed up and showed out for Beyonce's album, for the Gift album, you know, it's her album. I know it's for Lion King, mm. but it's this her album. Mm. Yeah, no, we, Shout we, out to we showing love to DJ Lag, to Moonchild mm. Saneli, to Busiswa, to um, Anati as well. Anati, there's one there's other also cat, Bubele though. boy. Him. Bubele. And also, there's actually another Zimbabwean artist who actually was part of... Did you of, get the press release? I did. Yes. Yes, I just can't Let remember the name right the now. the name right now because um, I don't really want to overlook him. And he, you know, he really did contribute to, you know, to the... To the mm to the to the album and so he shouldn't be overlooked you know the way other people you know um have been given their due have been given their you know, praise well, his Mar- name yeah. is Robert Maguenzi Robert, Shout out. Robert Maguenzi he's actually um Zimbabwean like I said mm. yeah so he's Zimbabwean but still yo SADC we showing love you know what mm. I'm saying so shout out to everybody who was part of that and we not we not bigging up like that they were validated by Beyonce but it's literally one of the biggest releases this year mm. and so South African artists got their piece of that release I'm, I'm really dead at like how everybody wanted to be like these artists were fine before Beyonce no. da, 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 da. I, it, do you know why it vexes me how it's like oh only now are they valid I don't think anybody was running around saying only now are they valid but just like Stava, certainly not Moonchild Sanelli exactly. do you know what Moonchild's ego exactly. is like exactly, and that's right? not a bad thing exactly do you think Strava needed his BET for him to be valid no no but not, he, he deserved to be recognized. Right. Distinct difference. Right. So when somebody finally gets a Beyonce feature, because they are diffi- difficult to come by, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that they are magically made valid once Beyonce says, yeah, Gwen. Sure. It's that they earned, they put in the work for them to be able to be an artist that Beyonce says, I really like you. Let me lend also my voice to your work and let me ask let me ask, because it wasn't that they went for a Beyonce feature. Right. Beyonce, Beyonce went for them. them. And Beyonce said, there's something about you that I need with me. Even if people are like, ah, no, you know, level M put everyone on. Even if that's the case, she still had to say yes. Exactly. You know, so let people enjoy their Beyonce moment because trust and believe. She's the biggest artist in the world, she guys. She is that artist. If everybody, act, you know, she's you can't deny. You don't like, have to like her music, right? You don't have to like her as a Miguel, but you have to recognize the fact that that is one and of the our impact. highest performing artists of this generation, right? Like, and let's so, not and miss the impact words. that a Beyonce cosign does for your career, dude. From we and we've seen it happen in fashion, right? Literally, where when Beyonce wears and shares, wears and shares. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, she doesn't do the sharing. Her Who stylist does? does. The stylist does the sharing. The media around them does the sharing, and you see what happens to those brands. Right. You see Muso Maxwell after her time here. Mm-hmm. You see that there is a level of recognition. Right. You know. So let's let's not you know let's not mince words about it for the african artists that were on the album shout out to them because beyonce said there's something about you that i gotta be i gotta be a part of will you lend your talent to me right you know it wasn't the other way around 
Yo, guys, we've been talking, we've been talking, we've been talking. Um, before we wrap up, thank you to Misa for being on on the show. Um, like I said, yo, we had a lot to speak about. It's literally been three months. It's three months, <laughs> like, you know. So one of, like, my favorites in the industry, and like I said, this podcast will always have um, other music journalists, other industry insiders and commentators on the show. Um, so thank you to Misa for being part of it today. Um, it's always fun. It's always a good time. And she's Thanks around. to Mersha for purchasing the plug and being one of the few... <laughs> You know, women of color in publishing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so like much. Like, shout outs. Also, another thank you to the studio engineer today. Hey. <laughs> um, you know, usually we have Kitsa around and he also sometimes jumps in with his five cents and, you know, corrects us where we need to. But today we've got uh, intro. Um, Timbi saw Instro Herimbi, who is yo another industry veteran, another the Herimbi family, hey? Yay! We need a museum, guys. <laughs> Come on, to tell all. <laughs> so shout out to Instro for helping me out with this. He's been amazing, and uh, this episode wouldn't come to you if it wasn't for him. With that said, guys, um, it's been lovely. It's been amazing. Um, this is oh, Kanene, what episode is it? I see episode three. I will. <laughs> we, I'll, I'll figure that out later. But this has been another episode <laughs> of Noise and Noise. I'm your host, Miss Mercia, and we out.